Welcome to Breast Friends Cancer Support Network. Your host is Michelle Beck. Our show is here to help breast cancer patients, survivors, thrivers, their friends and family by providing resources, support, and inspiration they can use right now. Here is your host, Michelle Beck. Welcome to Breast Friends Cancer Support Network, and thanks for joining us today. My name is Michelle Beck. I'm a two-time, nine-year survivor of breast cancer, and I'm the patient programs assistant at Breast Friends. When I have time, I write at a blog called I Never Liked Pink. Before we get started today, I wanted to remind our listeners, if you would like to share your warrior story, please email me at michellebeck at breastfriends.org about how cancer changed your life for the better, what inspires you, or what really helped you through your cancer journey. Submission should be a few minutes long and in your own words. And I I have to do a quick um, quick notation today. This is my first show as the host during Breast Cancer Awareness Month. And I'm honored to be here to use this forum to help those of you out there who've experienced a cancer diagnosis and hopefully some loved ones who listen to support their people. Every week, I really hope that what is shared by my guests and through my own personal experiences can help you know that you are not alone. If so, please give me a rating and a review so I know that this is helpful. (laughs) So I want to get started today with my amazing guest. She has written a book for children, which, wow, I wish I had during my cancer diagnosis for my son. And she's my hero basically just from her bio, which she gave me. And all of this is 100% true. N.M. Charles has multiple jobs, which include being a doctor, chef, cleaner, negotiator, teacher, personal assistant, birthday party organizer, entertainer, chief financial officer, personal stylist, lifeguard, translator, investigator, life coach, and psychic, otherwise known as mama, to her two lovely daughters. N.M. lives in New York City, where she volunteers with various groups to improve health literacy in the cancer space. Her book, Mama's Afro is a Soldier Too, is her debut inspired by her own cancer journey. And for more details, you can find it at www.arielandrose.com, which best bio ever. It, it leads into all of these things. And then you're like, aha, I get it. She's the mom, which 100% true. So NM, welcome to the show today. Thank you so much for being here. And I am so excited that we found each other. So we do need to take a quick break. So listeners, please stay with us. If you'd like to make a donation to Breast Friends, you can do it on our website or by texting BF Radio to 41444 to help Breast Friends continue on its mission that no woman goes through cancer alone. Stay with us. We'll be back in a minute. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today. Today's hot topics. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. 
to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. You are tuned in to Breast Friends Cancer Support Network. To reach the program today, please call us at 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to Michelle Beck at breastfriends.org. Now, back to the show. Thanks for sticking with us, where obviously this is the fun of live radio. You get to, you know, see really things that happen as they're happening. And very thankful for my producers at Voice America. So great job, Aaron. So NM, please let's welcome again and go over. Um, tell us again a little bit about your story. So I appreciate it. So listeners can can hear you well this time. Sure, absolutely. So I was diagnosed with breast cancer in 2017, August of 2017. Um, I'm a single parent of two young kids. They were five and three at the time. And at that time, I decided to be very open with them. Unfortunately, there's such a lack of resources in this area to explain to young kids what to expect over the next year of treatment. Um, and there was certainly none, no resources that looked like me, that had a mother that looked like me. Mm-hmm. I, was very, um, I was very adamant in my mind that I wanted my kids to truly understand that any resource or any book that they would read, they could relate to and know that that character was not a fictional character, but that character actually represented me. So hence, I decided after my treatment that I would write a book to explain to young kids. Uh, what to expect during cancer treatment. But any family of any ethnicity can actually read this book. Yeah, it's wonderful. The first time I read it, I got chills. I, <laughs> my, my son, when I was diagnosed, the first time was about 20 months. And right. he wouldn't have understood the words at that point. But the pictures were, they really, they're very simple but accurate, you know, right. and it was the perfect children's book. And we had spoken before and you had said that literally you sat down and wrote the narrative in 20 minutes because <laughs> it just, it just flowed out of your head. And we'll, we'll talk more about the book, but what was it like as a single mom raising your young daughters while you were going through cancer treatment? It was, it was single handedly the most difficult time of my life. Um, the, the other thing you probably don't know is that six weeks before I was diagnosed, my mom actually came to stay with me because she was diagnosed with ovarian cancer. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And then six weeks later, I was diagnosed with breast cancer and I was a full-time working mom with mm-hmm. these two beautiful young kids. So it was extremely scary. You know, when you get a, a diagnosis, you're 
you're trying to get as much information as possible, whether it's in Google searches, whether it's I'm getting second opinions, third opinions. So it was it was quite hard, and and I still had to maintain normalcy for my kids. Of course, and especially with your mother there and going through treatment as well. So was she kind of going through some of the same things? Did she go through chemotherapy and the radiation and all of that as well? Absolutely. She actually had breast cancer about 12 years before. Um, And in terms of the ovarian cancer, we were neck and neck, really. So Mm -hmm. she had her surgery. Then a month later, I had my surgery. Then she started chemo. And then I started chemo a a few weeks later. So we were both balled together. So not not the the path you want your mother to walk down with you at the same time. No, no. (laughs) Exactly. Or or ever. Or individually. Of course. Um, But it it was a very, very hard time. I just, um, I just, it was it was almost unbearable, but I had some really good people around me, some new friends I met, people who I just didn't even know were around, and new angels that I say that God put in in, in my life, mm-hmm. um, and it really really helped me get through this. That's fabulous, and I, I hope it you know the support system that you found obviously was both for you and your mom. Is she still with you? It was no, no, she's not. She okay. returned. That she returned home. She lives overseas mm-hmm. in Trinidad and Tobago. Okay. But um, she, yes, the support that um, I received was also extended to my mom. So it was, um, it, it was wonderful. Good. Well, let's dig into that fabulous book that you wrote. Um, before before you had written this, had you ever written anything else? No, no, not nothing. I mean, apart from essays at college, Mm -hmm. but um, nothing. It's funny. I have found that a cancer diagnosis can really change the course of people's life. It definitely did for me. And I've always enjoyed writing. Um, And personally, I'm now working on a memoirish type, you know, cancer book, but um, it's, it's just so healing, I think, to get, get things out on paper. But Tell us, tell us the kind of overall story of the book, if you will. Okay. So the, I tried to make the book as factual, but, and yet relatable to young kids. So it really goes through the, the seasons of a typical cancer treatment um, timeline, which explains what surgery is, what chemo is, and what radiation is. Um, even though I had breast cancer, I, th- I chose not to actually specify the kind of cancer in the book because I mm-hmm. wanted it to be as wide-reaching as possible. Yep. So in addition to the explaining the story, or the treatment stages, what I wanted to do is have something a bit more um, child-friendly. Well, very much Mm child-friendly. So I used the hair as the loss of the hair, which is something quite traumatic and the most visible um, evidence of one going through cancer treatment. I used that as a kind of empowering um, symbol. So children did not have to be alarmed or do not have to be alarmed if they see their moms losing their hair. They can just imagine that that hair is a warrior and fighting on their mom's behalf, helping to as much as possible to help her get through this cancer treatment. Um, And then, so that's one part of the story. And then there's another part of the book, the, the, the latter half of the book actually gave 
um, gives some resources to parents who want to get more information about how to talk to their kids about cancer. Um, there's Cancer Care, the American Cancer Association. There's an organization in um, the UK and in Canada where um, families can actually tap into those to get more information. There's also an activity section and, and journal pages just to help kids process their feelings or they can write something or they can draw. So it, I just wanted it not to, to be a little bit more um, wholesome and comprehensive and um, just to help kids all around during the time of cancer treatment. Sure. That totally makes sense. Now you had said the title of your book, Mama's Afro is a cancer soldier too. You, you and I had talked previously about this and you have not served in the military, but you really, you pulled on that as a symbol of strength and bravery and kind of a warrior. So yes. I, I love that. And um, for those of you who can't, who have not seen the book, go out and go out and find it immediately. It's on Amazon <laughs> and also on arielandrose.com. But the the visualization of where mom is sitting in the chair and she she loses her hair in treatment and the the beautiful black afro turns into this um, it's you see it in stages of the hair yes. turning into a beautiful little soldier with, with yes. her own Afro who just yes. looks like she can kick everybody's ass. And I love exactly. that. <laughs> exactly. Because that's what we do, you know, as moms, you know, we, um, there's a strength within us that we, we push ourselves to get through. We will have hard days and I had a lot of hard days, difficult days, but we have that strength because we want to live. We want to push through. We want to be here for our families. So whether it's enduring the pain, of healing from surgery or nausea or still pushing through and, and doing the taking our kids to a basketball game or ballet or sewing that costume for, for Halloween or anything mm -hmm. we are still or, or taking our meds and, and, and having bone pain or joint pain the fact is we are fighting to be here and I wanted to personify that in, in the most um, beautiful way that I could have. Well, and you definitely did, but you also really, cancer is a very difficult topic for children to understand, yes. especially young mm -hmm. children, because especially in a parent, because that is, that is their support system and kind of their world revolves around their parents. And quite oftentimes, especially moms more so than anything else, because yeah. we're, we're, Typically, this is a huge stereotype, but the ones that are hold the family together, and yeah. especially in your case, you it, you it, you were it, you were the you know mom yeah. taking care of everything, and you were really able to take cancer and essentially say like these are bad cells that have invaded my body, and we're going to fight to get rid of them. So yes. it was you know they don't need to know all of the the crazy details because even as adults, those are impossible to understand sometimes. Right. Yeah, I feel that um, people who have gone through cancer and, and certainly breast cancer, we we have a we have a separate language that not mm -hmm. even adults can understand. So when we see each other in the supermarket and we talk about ER, PR, positive, <laughs> to negative, you know, to, that might seem completely alien to somebody who hasn't had cancer, but it makes perfect sense to people mm -hmm. who do have cancer. So, um, but yes, um, but and then for children. They don't need to know the details. They just need to know the age appropriate um, 
kind of understanding about what's going on with mama. And I tried to do that as, as best as I could. Well, my kids were actually my beta readers. <laughs> they helped me. <laughs> of course. I, I, I did ask my son to read it and he's 10 now. And he's like, mom, that's for smaller kids. I was like, well, I don't really think so, but okay. <laughs> I, I really think that, you know, it's for, for any young child, just they can, they can look at it. And, and I, I do, we'll, we'll definitely talk more about this, but I yes. especially love the fact that you went out and created a product because there wasn't anything out there that you wanted to give your children because yes. the, um, the black community is so underserved in the cancer mm-hmm. world and yes. to be able to make a book and yes, it was after your treatment time, but now that future kids, children of color can look at your book and say, Hey, those kids look like me. That family yeah. looks like mine. Yes. And I, I cannot commend you enough for that because it's we have to be our own advocates and you are advocating for all people of color in this book. And I think that is, is fabulous. But Thank you. That, that doesn't mean that, you know, my white neighbor next door can't look at it and go, that doesn't apply to me. Because and I think especially with children, too, they're really they see the world in a different way. And mm-hmm. I feel like in some ways, children see color less than we do. Right. But, but I think being able to identify with that in your book is fabulous. Yeah, thank you. I mean, it was really important to me on, you know, to really create something where um, kids of color, black kids can actually see themselves in the, in the book, in the literature, in any literature, and certainly in the children's book, and certainly in a very niche children's book mm-hmm. like this. But in one of the, as I said in my commentary page, any family can pick this up. Because, 100%. Because the principles or, or the, the timeline of cancer treatment is the same. Instead of, a, uh, it's an afro in this case, but it could be a, a somebody with straight blonde hair, like beautiful mm-hmm. blonde hair like you, you know, who has lost their hair. But it's basically showing there's a symbol of um, strength and empowerment um, personified in a in little soldier who is helping mom get through the treatment. And, um, and I, I actually don't make any promises in the book. I don't say that, mm-hmm. um, you know, and mom gets healthy and, and well, and, and we all live happily ever after. I don't, because, you know, as we know, that's not always the reality, right. but I, I know at least I wanted to show and demonstrate that there is a, a, a fight and a strength and a perseverance to get through cancer treatment and for mom to do all that she can do to get through this. Yeah, it's definitely, you, you definitely made that impact and it's it definitely felt just by <laughs> reading the book. Now, I, wa- I definitely want to touch on the the loss of the hair because right. you know the loss of the hair turns into the the afro soldier god i love her <laughs> print out the cover and put it on my desk um but hair is is so important to to many um you know in the book we're talking about women to their identity and the loss of it can be devastating because yes on, on many levels we we identify with it but it also when you are bald because of chemo it shows the outside world that you're in treatment yes. and, and that you're going through something and not everyone wants to share those things. Like I'm an open sharer. You're obviously a share, but not everyone does yes. that. And 
Um, so it definitely can be devastating. Now, when you were going through it, how, how did you handle your, your hair loss? Was it, did you shave it? Did you, did you just <laughs> rock the baldness? How, how did you go through it? Well, my hair was actually in long locks like Bob Marley mm-hmm. okay, down to my back. Oh, so gosh. when I started losing it, I, um, I cut it to my shoulders mm-hmm. just to kind of I did transition, it in stages. transition. Mm-hmm. And after that, I decided it was just coming off too much. And then I went to the barber and I just had it all shaved off. Mm-hmm. But I, I wasn't there yet in terms of the confidence to rock it bald mm-hmm. because I, I still had to get used to myself now, not yes. looking at myself in a different way, seeing myself, seeing a new me. So it was, um, I wore a lot of headscarves, mm-hmm. um, um, caps, <laughs> Um, but I didn't, I didn't rock it bald at all. I just, I just did not have the, the confidence. I didn't, I was still getting to know the new me, mm-hmm. the, my, you know, with all my body changes, my nails changed, you know, your breasts changed. So everything many changes, Every, everything changes. So um, I, 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 and I always look at people were bald and I could know when it's or I think I could tell sometimes if it's chemo bald or mm-hmm. if it's a, a style bald and I just regardless of what it is I always salute those women and I think you know I think they showed so much more confidence than I ever did when I was going through chemo it's it's a process and chemo is incredibly difficult on on yes. your your physicality and your emotions. So, yes. you know, just because you wore the scaps in the car or caps and the scarves doesn't mean you weren't going through it as a as a warrior. Right. So I love that, you know, super important. But one thing you also touched on earlier, um, the seasons of cancer, you also yes. included the changing of seasons in your book. Yes, yes. So that was deliberate because for two reasons. First of all, I was diagnosed in August and my treatment continued until June. Mm -hmm. So I actually started in in the summer and then autumn and then um, the winter and spring and back to summer. So the reason why I included that into my book as well, as you would see, there, there are different seasons in the book. And there's a, a lot of um, imagery with uh, with some leaves. It's because cancer is a, a cancer treatment is a is a period of change and transition. And it was I just wanted to have that in the background because, as we were saying, um, there's a lot of changes. There's a change with your physicality. There's a change in your emotions. There's a change in how your perspective of life. There's so many. You might even have a change of relationships. Um, there's so many things that change during your time undergoing chemo radiation um, surgery that I wanted to incorporate that in the book in, in, a, in a very kind of symbolic and beautiful way. Well, and the changing of the seasons is something that children can easily understand as For well. Sure. Yes, for sure. They, yeah, they can relate to it. They live it. So mm-hmm. they, they, they definitely know what those seasons mean. Well, especially where you're at in New York, too, because you have all of the seasons. <laughs> we do. We do. That's one reason I left Southern California, because I wanted seasons. And people are like, oh. what do you mean you're leaving the sun? I'm like, I'm tired of the sun. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you, I love the sun during the height of winter, though. <laughs> Always, always good to go on a tropical vacation or go go home to Trinidad and Tobago during those times. <laughs> right. 
Um, now, you had a illustrating partner on the book, Mary Beesloss. Yes. Is that how you say mm-hmm. it? Yes. Um, when, so you obviously wrote the book very quickly. What yes. was the process like with her to get the illustrations just right? Because I imagine you had some pretty, pretty strong opinions on that to go with, you know, your words. Yeah, so I wrote so I wrote the book first, and the next stage was that I actually designed the whole thing. So I knew what was going to be on every single page. I knew um, the colors. So what I would do, I hired um, Mary from a, a site that um, has different freelancers, mm-hmm. and I was looking at the the way how I assess the the illustrators is to see if they can draw um, African-American characters, if they look realistic, if they, and just really if they had beautiful art. Um, And for Mary, I, I literally drew out like in my stick figure drawing way, what needs, you know, the Afro-Solo needs to come down from uh, a ladder, from a helicopter, this is the helicopter. The cover of it shows, um, it's, it's kind of like a depiction of Central Park in New York, because mm-hmm. my kids play on those huge rocks. I sent her pictures of what the leaves, autumn leaves look like during the changing of the, the leaves. And you know, I, I Googled images to show her, these are the colors I would like, like orange and reds and browns. And, and I, I, so the process of, of writing the book may have taken, well, it did take 20 minutes, but the actual production of the rest of it took longer because I was very specific in terms of, you know, what I wanted. Um, even the, the colors of the, the clothes of the kids, um, you know, what the Afro-Solia should look like. So I designed every single page and worked with her closely to, and she would draw it, she would sketch it for me, and then I would approve it, and then I would approve it. Okay, now you can color it. And that's how we worked. So we worked very, um, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's very much of a, a team relationship. Yes. Well, and of course, it's your baby. You want it to be perfect. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Exactly. And the, the, col- the colors are so bright, vibrant, um, especially on the cover, as you said, but throughout the whole book, they're very, very engaging. And uh, one thing I loved about it, well, there's many things I loved about it, obviously, <laughs> is how in the beginning you started off with fun family images of um, taking your kids to ballet or piggyback rides. And yes doing all those things, but you also showed the mom like in a professional setting in a suit, like, Hey, this is mom. This is mom at work. Mom is mom is getting all the things done. And then you go through the processes of everything. And at the end, you know, mom's getting things done again. And Mm -hmm. it's, it's just, it's very hopeful in the way that it's put together. So yeah. Yeah. And, and because, and, and because that was, that was my life, you know, I would be playing with the kids, um, doing a piggyback ride, taking them to violin practice, doing a lot of things, but then in the, and then I would be going to work the next day. And, and then I got diagnosed with cancer, but then life still goes on and I would have to support my kids in the normal way that they, they're used to as much mm-hmm. as I could physically at, at those times. I mean, there were times I, I did speak with their schools and I did tell them that I was going to undergo treatment and that there are some things I would not be able to attend. Mm-hmm. And they were very, very much supportive of that. But as much as I could, um, I could actually um, 
I actually tried to make things normal for them. There's a friend of mine, even after I completed cancer treatment, one of my new friends who supported me so much and took the kids for weekends and really was there for me. Um, you know, school had started back the following year and she said, you know, she was willing to take the kids to bring the kids from school to home to me. And I, and I said, no, 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 I'm good. I'll do it. She said, she said, Oh, you like to do it. I said, no, but I can, you know, and because the fact that I can now, mm-hmm. you know, I want to be able to do it. You know, I, I just don't want to, because I'm not in the cancer treatment stage anymore. So Plus, as a yeah. mom, you want to give your children as much normalcy as you can. Yes. Be, you know, yes, you're going through treatment and it's awful, but you want you want to show their, your kids that you're still there for them. Because yeah. as for me, as a parent, that is the most important thing that I could ever do is be there to support my child. And, yes. you know, you always want to make your children's lives better than your own. And exactly. I mean, not, not that my life was bad, but, you know, you just... <laughs> yeah. You know, I had a good, good childhood. And so I want to give that to my son as well. And similar situation, I spoke, went in and spoke with my son's teacher and his principal. And I had my second diagnosis when he was in kindergarten and I was already volunteering in the classroom and this and that. So I I went in and told them. And to this day, I'm still great friends with the principal and and his kindergarten teacher. And it's been six years. So five years and- and it's just, it, it forges new connections. Yes. And like you said, you had new friends and angels that helped you out. And, you know, I think that's something you address in the book too, that there's, you know, people yes. that will, people are there to help you, which, you know, is, is super important because for the children to know that they have other people to rely on as well. Yes, exactly. You know, so um, when I, you know, like you, I was a a, a library mom in the Mm -hmm. school. So even, you know, in between chemo treatments, I would be stocking the shelves and checking in books and checking out books and still going to read to my daughter's, um, my my kids' school in the classrooms. And, you know, you do everything that you could because I want my kids to remember me dropping them off to school, giving them a hug and kiss, or just being there reading in front of their classroom. You know, I want them to have those memories, not just the memories where um, I'm really a bit sick from chemo. I, I, I wanted to really ensure the normalcy for them. Yeah, that's so important. Um, I have a favorite line in the book, and it is, mama may look different, but is still a queen. And... <laughs> <laughs> I literally, I got chills when I read that and I was like, oh my God, that's so awesome. <laughs> Do you have a favorite part in the book? I think, um, you know, it's, 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 it's like a baby. Which part do you choose? Which, which baby <laughs> yes. do you choose to be your favorite? Um, I think the line, there's a line that says, um, mama's Afro hair has always been fair, strong and curly. It has always been part of her and her personal history. Mm-hmm. So I think that one is, is a powerful line because that's when the Afro soldiers introduced. Um, and I think, you know, it, black women, for example, we have such a strong uh, relationship with our hair. Mm-hmm. Um, we put it in different styles. We, we, um, we look at our, our hair as a, as a source of, not necessarily like a symbol of, of strength and something to be proud of. So mm-hmm. I think that line um, for me was more personal for me as well. 
Of course. Well, especially as you said, you had hair down to your waist and, yeah. you know, the 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 braids and, and all of that. I mean, that that was years of your life. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> to to yeah, get your was. hair like that. And it really was like 14 mm-hmm. years <laughs> to do that, you know, but yeah. It's, you know, it's, 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 a, it's a part of us, but you've also been able to take that experience and turn it into something positive. Right. Exactly. Which is what I really wanted to do. You know, the hair, the hair can grow back, you know, mm-hmm. m- maybe, but at least, you know, I'm, I'm here. I want it to be here. Mm-hmm. And now, now your hair is short. Are you keeping it that way? Because oh, it's easier. Sure. Oh, for sure. I'm keeping <laughs> it like this. <laughs> so, you know, I, right now it's, it's purple. It's a little bit purple. I, I, I put different colors in it. Um, yeah, it's so much easier. It dries way quicker. So yeah. I'm keeping it like this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I throw colors in my hair all the time because I don't work in an office and I actually wouldn't care if I did because right. it's fun and it's, it's, it is. it's an expression of, you know, your personality and, so correct. I, yeah, I agree. I my agree my son is always like, "Mom, did you color your hair again?" I'm like, "Yes, <laughs> because I like the purple in it." And he's like, "Whatever." Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um. So when we had talked earlier, you had mentioned that you wrote this book out there because wrote the book because there wasn't a whole lot out there for children that look like your own for right. for the black community. And what is how does it feel to be able to create this? for the community and put it out there? I mean, it feels great. It feels amazing. I can't believe um, I started this book two years ago, um, volunteering in my daughter's school um, at the library. And I was speaking to the librarian who's a friend of mine and uh, she's a a white lady. And and the reason why I I say that she's a white lady is just to tell you, you know, I was having a conversation with her about mm-hmm. diverse books and how I think it's so important. And she agrees and she always puts out the most wonderful diverse books for the life, for the student body. Um, and I said to her, I, one day I was, I said, I was thinking maybe I should write a book about the cancer. And she said, well, why don't you? And it was at that moment that I did. You're like, Oh, light and, bulb. <laughs> yeah. At that moment that I did. And it's just, great to see that it's I'm proud of the fact that it's come it's it's executed now and and I couldn't be more proud of all the late nights and the efforts that I put in you um, should and I be. really hope it benefits the the black community and any community at that definitely we do need to take a quick break so listeners please stay with us if you'd like to make a donation to breast friends you can do it on our website or by texting bf radio to 41444 to help breast friends continue on its mission that no woman goes through cancer alone. Stay with us. We'll be back in a minute. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. Thank you for listening today. Breast friends need your support. We rely on donations to continue our mission that no woman goes through cancer alone and to keep the show going. Please consider making a tax-deductible donation to Breast Friends. You can text BF Radio to 41444 or visit us at breastfriends.org to donate. You can also like us on Facebook at Breast Friends of Oregon or follow us on Instagram at Breast Friends PDX. Be sure to tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Eastern Time for Breast Friends Cancer Support Network. 
Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You are tuned in to Breast Friends Cancer Support Network. To reach the program today, please call us at 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to Michelle Beck at breastfriends.org. Now, back to the show. Thanks for staying with us. I'm Michelle Beck, and my guest is N.M. Charles, Author of Mama's Afro is a Soldier Too, Mom's Cancer Diagnosis Explained. Now, NM, we were just talking about how, how proud you are and you, as you should be of the impact hopefully this will have on, you know, to be able to put something out there for, for your community and really for others as well, because it, it doesn't have to be just for, obviously, people of color. But mm-hmm. you had mentioned previously that when we were speaking that a portion of the book's proceeds go to an organization, um, the New York City Chapter of Sisters Network, which is a national organization focused on raising awareness of breast cancer in the African-American community. Mm-hmm. How, did, how did you find them? Were, did you during treatment or was it after and what were they? How did they help you through? Right. So Sisters Network is the largest organization dedicated to improving the breast cancer and breast cancer awareness um, in the African-American community. And they've got several different chapters across the U.S. In terms of the New York chapter, um, they approached, there was a, there was a chapter years ago, um, but I think a lot of the women had, had moved out of the, state, of the city or the state. So there, were, there wasn't any for New York City. So Dr. Newman, who is Dr. Lisa Newman, she's the head of breast surgery at New York Presbyterian Wild Cornell, and she's an African-American woman mm-hmm. who is actually the, the medical liaison or the chief medical advisor to Sisters Network the national organization. She approached me. um, She met me in one of, I think, in the support group. Mm -hmm. And also she met me. I'm I'm the chair of uh, the Patients and Family Action Council in the Maya Cancer Center for New York Presbyterian Wild Cornell Hospital. And she approached me and asked me if I would be interested in working with her to help set up a New York City chapter of Sisters Network. So myself and uh, about four other ladies, um, all breast cancer warriors, we came together and we, we met with the Karen Jackson, who was the head of the organization. Mm-hmm. And it went from there. And so we were the founding members of the, the latest New York City chapter of Sisters Network. And that's how I became involved. And this was after my treatment. Mm-hmm. It's, it's funny. I did not find breast friends until after my treatment. Right. And, but it still made such an impact upon my life, being around women who understood yes. what I was going through, to know that I'm not the only one who's going through this. Yes. And I, I, I love the name Sisters Network because um, the, 
the brothers and sisters is definitely a colloquialism <laughs> in the in the black community right. um, for for you know for you know your 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 friends and your family yes, you know sense or, of community yes yes thank you for thank you for the words because you know cancer <laughs> brain you can't always find the right words but also for women who've gone through cancer they're they're your sisters as well yes because exactly. you have that shared sense of what we have all gone through so yeah exactly. I love that so. I definitely need an intro to uh, Karen Jackson because I want to have her on the show too. <laughs> for sure. For sure. I would definitely introduce you. She's wonderful. Perfect. So let's get into the back of the book. You had mentioned earlier on that the back half of the book is really resource-based, but going through it, yes. there's there's coloring pages. And one thing I really liked was the they're coloring pages, but they're age-specific ways that you can help out mom. Mm-hmm. Because as, as a mom going through it, you're like, I don't know. I, I don't know what you can do. And then, but then right. they have the resources in this book for the different age groups. And then you have the journal pages and um, the find the symbol challenge. I love that. Um, <laughs> it was funny. I was, I was going through the book, writing my questions and I was like, oh my gosh, let's, let's, let's tell me about the symbols. And then later on, you're like, these are what the symbols mean. <laughs> so um, can you explain the, um, what, the significance of the symbols in your book because I'm sure they mean something. <laughs> yes. So the symbols are Adinkra symbols. These are symbols from West Africa. They're visual symbols and they used to represent ideas, expressions, concepts, principles, values, even traditional wisdom or thoughts. And I wanted to actually use some symbology throughout the book just to support the the theme of perseverance and strength. So there are five symbols and they're in Ghana and their, their names are Okodi Mamore and that's strength. The other one is Aya and it means endurance. The third one is Kwatakaye Atiko, it means bravery. The fourth one is Akofina, it means courage. And the fifth one is Nayame Biribi Wosoro, and it means hope. And these are all the things that we go through as women, as mothers, as as anyone really going through cancer treatment. We have strength, we have we have to endure a lot, we are brave because we're going through it, that we have to be courageous, we have courage and we have hope. I love that. I really want to get all of those tattooed on me because it's, <laughs> those are such important, you know, um, ideas, I guess. I can't think of the right yeah. word. I apologize. Mm-hmm. But um, it, it really is everything that we go through during cancer. We have to yeah. call upon those things to yes. get through. And, you know, it's, you open the book jacket and it's on, you know, the front and the back cover and you don't okay. even realize it. You just look at them and like, oh, they're beautiful. Yeah. But then when you go through and you read what they mean, it was, it really has a huge impact. So yeah, I love that. Um, Thank you. Now I'm sure there are parallels of your own life that were throughout the book. Um, and one thing I, I, I know you added because you were a single mom, you do have a, a father figure in there as well. Yes. Is, is that just to kind of just show a nuclear family? Um. You know, I just wanted to show that there were, I mean, there are different types of families. I could have, I could have used a family like mine, but I really wanted to not just leave out the the dad in the picture because there are Mm -hmm. lots of families. I I mean, 
lots of families have um, their dads who, who are also part of this journey. So mm-hmm. um, even though he's a background figure, I just wanted to show that he is part of this. He is also um, someone who is going to be supporting the mom in the fight. Um, so it wasn't specifically just only to show, you know, just to show the, the typical ideal family, but I just wanted him to be there as a as another person to help support mm-hmm. mom. I mean, in reality, it, it could have been two moms. It could have been two dads. It could be, yeah. you know, it could have been anything. Like you said, families all look very different, but that, yes. that doesn't mean that they're not a family. So, That's right. That's right. So, um, And we had talked about not specifying that it was breast cancer and all cancers. Mm-hmm. I love that it was more inclusive because it's just cancer because, it, you know, you, you, do, you don't want to leave anybody out. <laughs> I don't want to know. And, you know, there's too many people are affected by this dreaded disease and it doesn't matter what subset of cancer it is. The fact is it's cancer. So whether it's the brain, the uterus, the um, ovaries, anything, you know, it's just that we, we all, anybody afflicted by this have, you know, they have to go through a certain path of treatment and it includes you know, the, the, the three main ones that I've outlined in the book. Mm-hmm. And while we, we, in my organization, we talk a lot about that. Well, everyone who is in the cancer community, they're on a similar journey. Everyone has different paths because like for me, I've had breast cancer twice, but I've never had chemo. And, right. you know, I've had a lot of surgeries and, and the medications and, and I have side effects up the wazoo, but I, you know, I didn't have that. So there's yes, everybody's journey and their, you know, similar journey, different path. So, so true. So true. I like even just speaking about breast cancer, you know, you, you didn't have chemo, but I did. And, and the way I tell people breast cancer or any cancer is like a, a maze. It's like, we can mm-hmm. start at the certain, at one point, the same point, but you might have surgery before you have chemo. I might have chemo first and then surgery, you know, um, it's, it's like a, it's like a fingerprint as well. You know, it just depends on what kind of breast cancer, the stage, um, the, 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 um, size of the tumor, it just depends. So, um, it's, it's like a huge kind of, um, maze depending on each individual. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's one that makes your head explode, but hopefully you get yes. through it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> now, um, you had mentioned Dr. Lisa Newman. She also is, um, there's commentary in the book about her. So obviously she has a yes. very profound effect, uh, had a profound effect upon you and the book. Yes. Um, and now you still work with her through, is she, she's involved in the Sisters Network as well? Yes, so she is the chief medical advisor to Sisters Network as a whole, the whole national organization. And so, um, you know, I work with her. She's I've done presentations. She's asked me to be part of, to, to, to present to um, certain, certain, at certain events, like on genetics. Um, I, she even invited me to, invite my sister we're both BRCA2 positive to talk about um, how that impacted our lives and the knowledge that that we have and and what decisions we made based on the fact that we were BRCA2 positive Um, I'm also she also invited or asked me to be a patient advocate in the one of the committees that she's part of at, at the Wild Cornell New York Presbyterian 
hospital, which is for, um, is it NAPBC? It's a national accreditation um, for breast centers Mm -hmm. and they need to have a patient advocate so i do work very closely with her so she she's she's wonderful the most compassionate intelligent bright i mean wonderful doctor you can ever imagine i love that that. it's always good to have have a a doctor of that stature on you on your side when you're going through all this for sure (laughs) yeah so uh how old are your girls now and how how are they sorry go ahead Oh no, they're nine and seven and you know, they're, 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 they're wonderful and crazy and funny. And, um, you know, they were proud of this book. I heard my seven year old saying to someone the other day, my mom is an author and her friend was so impressed. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, you know, they, we talk openly about breast cancer. They know what it is. They know what, it could be, they know the good parts, the not so good parts, but, um, and, and they're comfortable speaking about it. And I think I attribute that to just being open with, to them from the start. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's super important. The, the comfort factor takes away a lot of the fear and the scariness because yes. they understand what is going on. And um, so we're, we're getting to the end. We only have a couple more minutes, but tell us um, how our listeners can find out again, um, more information about the book and buy the book. Okay, so the book can be found on my website, arielandrose.com, A-R-I-E-L and R-O-S-E.com. Those are my kids' middle names, actually. And also on Amazon. And so the ebook is out, the paperback is out, and the hardback is out. So all the visions out right now. And it just came out of May in this year, is that right? So May just this year is when okay. I published the ebook and the paperback just went live two weeks ago and the yes. hardback um last week. Perfect. We have about one more minute. Um are you doing what are you doing next? So I actually switched my careers since I had was diagnosed and I started this week uh, instead of, I used to work in financial services when I was diagnosed. Mm-hmm. I decided to leave that. And now I'm pursuing um, my doctorate in health education, which oh, I started um, yesterday. <laughs> I love that. Congratulations. It's <laughs> thank you very much. As you know, as I mentioned earlier, cancer can just change the course of so many people's lives and, and, you're going to be making such a different impact. And that is wonderful. I hope so. I hope so. There's such a gap I feel in, in health education and oncology. Um, and it's, it's just needed for, so people can feel more empowered uh, about their own um, treatment and their, their journey. That is, that is amazing. And definitely I want updates when, when you're, you know, as, as you move along and do the next steps and, you know, when you write your thesis, we're going to come back and talk about that. So <laughs> all right, fine. I would I'll love to have you back. And Thank um, you. Um, listeners, again, you can find out more information at arielandrose.com on Instagram at Ariel and Rose. Facebook, Ariel and Rose Publishing. She's everywhere. So, uh, and you can also email info at arielandrose.com. So, listeners, again, if you or your loved ones need our services, you can make a donation or find breast friend. <laughs> Total, like I just mixed two sentences, blah, blah. <laughs> so, you can find our services at breastfriends.org. You can also make a donation there or by texting BF Radio to 41444. You can find us on Voice America or wherever you get your podcasts. If you would like to nominate yourself to be a guest or share your warrior story, please email me at michellebeck at breastfriends.org. And M, thank you so much again. 
Listeners, Thank you for having me. Uh, it's been great. Listeners, we'll be back next week. And until then, remember, we rise by lifting each other. Thank you for listening to Breast Friends Cancer Support Network. Please join Michelle Beck again next Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. We rise by lifting each other.